Welcome to the Health Disparities Podcast, a program of Movement is Life, exploring aspects of inclusion, diversity, equity, and allyship in healthcare. My name's Rolf Taylor, your series producer. And my name is Willis Steele. I am a charter executive steering committee member of Movement is Life, uh, whose mission is to address the needs of patients we serve, community, uh, and health disparities around musculoskeletal health and the vicious cycle of diabetes, obesity, and heart disease that become a challenge for disproportionately uh, women of color and Latino women. And so we're happy to address the idea of employee resource groups and how they can impact life of the people who are in our communities. There can be no doubt that employee resource groups are the ascendant, um, are essential to the work that we do. Uh, They are central to companies' lifeblood, but to what extent are ERGs making a difference? Are they benefiting employees? Are they benefiting their employers, other stakeholders, and other engaged organizations? According to Diversity Inc., ERGs originally called workplace affinity groups began in the 1960s in response to racial tensions in the United States. In 1964, along with the company's black employees, Joseph Wilson, the former CEO of Xerox, came up with the idea in response to the race riots that occurred in Rochester, New York, where Xerox was headquartered. Employee resource groups are a powerful resource for facilitating discussions and providing networks of professionals based on shared identities, experiences, and allyship. These groups have roots in the desire to advocate for employees and give them a space at work to be their best authentic selves. In the past few decades, companies have expanded ERG topics and begun implementing chapters worldwide. Today, ERGs are integrated into business strategies and imperatives. At my company, where I happen to be the uh, lead for diversity, inclusion, and belonging for Amgen Inc. for JPAC, the Middle East, and Latin America, Amgen has embraced the ERG philosophy, and this has brought benefits to the diverse groups, which we will explore today with some of the chapter leaders. So please welcome our group, who I'm going to ask to introduce themselves, starting with Patrick. Thank you, Willis. My name is uh, Patrick Hilton. And I'm delighted to be here. Uh, my job at uh, Amgen is I focus on our oncology business in China. So I help to make a difference for patients there uh, by helping to commercialize our oncology assets uh, in this very important market. Now, China is the second largest pharmaceutical market in the world. And uh, we do this in collaboration with our uh, collaboration partner, Beijing. I also serve as the global vice chair for the Amgen Black Employee Network. Uh, So with both roles, I'm thrilled to be here and to be a part of the discussion. Nada? My name is uh, Nada Obid Asad. I am the executive director in the U.S. Value and Access Organization. I oversee the Market Access Regional Team, responsible for securing coverage for our Amgen brands across 
our portfolio in gen med and oncology. I'm also the WE2 global chair for Amgen's largest employee resource group focused on the advancement of women. And Mr. Edmondson. Hey, Willis, how are you today? Thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, my uh, day job here, uh, I'm actually the uh, commercial lead for our uh, diversity, inclusion, and belonging efforts. Okay, that's global. Also, too, I lead our global efforts for uh, training, which we call learning and performance. Also, I lead our team's uh, efforts for global field excellence, which is basically the capabilities of our customer-facing teams that includes our sales, uh, medical, medical service liaisons, as well as our account managers, okay, in regards to their capabilities. With regards to ERGs here, I'm a former lead of the Amgen uh, uh, Global Black Employee Network, and I'm also a member of several ERGs to include uh, the one Nate just mentioned, which is the WE2, as well as also a member of the uh, Amgen's Veteran ERG. And to round out this wonderful circle of panelists, Jennifer Vasquez, Jennifer being the queen of ERGs, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Willis, and uh, appreciate the opportunity to come and speak on a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, personal and professional passion. I am Jennifer Vasquez. I'm with Amgen Global Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging. I am the liaison essentially for the 11 ERGs that make up um, our global ERGs across uh, the enterprise. And I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So let's dive into this discussion and share some insights with our listeners. One that I left out, I happen to have led our Amgen um, headquarter uh, Black Employee Network for four and a half years. And it has really thrown me into the life of the people that I work with. And I was so happy to do it and still remain engaged with uh, diversity, inclusion, and belonging in my current role. But what i like to ask uh, Nada first, so what do, do, do you see as the most important role for your respective ERG, for WE2? And can you give an example of how that role has been enacted? Yeah, so Willis, for WE2, our most important priority is that we empower our Amgen community of women so that they can deliver exceptional results throughout the organization in the various roles and the responsibilities that that they serve in. Um, We focus on uh, a couple of strategic pillars to be able to uh, offer up that, that responsibility through E2 in a focus on our workforce development a focus on business impact, a focus on our workplace culture, and of course, a focus on community. And just a very specific example around how it is that we make investments and how it is that we prioritize our efforts relative to workforce development uh, through WE2 is by establishing formal development programs and educational workshops for our WE2 members. Uh, Many of them benefit from having this opportunity to learn outside of their day-to-day work or from some of the coaching or or guidance that they might receive from their direct supervisors. Um, They're able to take on various workshops or educational uh, um, uh, resources that enhance their professional development, strengthen their leadership development, definitely focus on their career development, but also give them an opportunity to be mentored by many of their colleagues or their peers. It's great to be a part of a network 
where you can ask questions or learn from your colleagues and you're not necessarily always having to go back in the business to do that. Thank you. Mike, how about you? Yeah, so in regards to the uh, Amgen Black Employee Network, better known as uh, ABIN, I would say that uh, really our focus is to provide a, uh, an environment of inclusion and belonging for our Black colleagues here. But also, too, uh, in regards to, uh, I guess, strategic priorities here that we focus on, from a business point of view, okay, we uh, basically support uh, a number of areas here. One example would be our recent um, uh, success and collaboration in supporting the uh, launch of our clinical, clinical trial diversity uh, team, which is now being run by our R&D organization, which is called RISE, which is something we're very proud of. And it's been uh, recognized as the best practice here within pharma as far as our uh, three-year strategic plan. Above and beyond that, okay, we've also supported uh, several brand teams in regards to supplying uh, focus groups, okay, as far as looking at uh, HCPs, our healthcare providers, and patients uh, with respect to material and so forth. In fact, Willis, uh, you've, you've been a big part of that yourself, having organized several of those for us here. So thank you for your work with that. Um, I would say also, too, uh, another uh, pillar would obviously be the people aspect here with respect to recruiting and retention. So there's numerous efforts, okay, that uh, we're actually working on in those areas. Okay, Patrick uh, uh, may speak to, uh, more to that, but we were very focused as far as supporting our, our uh, talent acquisition teams and our, and our HR professionals with respect to uh, recruiting approaches here, okay, externally, but also to internally. Uh, we're very proud to, to have grown our membership here by, uh, by more than 100% in the past uh, year, okay, as far as internal growth. And externally, again, we have some pretty aggressive plans that we're excited about as far as, far as uh, external recruiting. And uh, so I'll leave it at that. And I'll, I'll probably let Patrick uh, speak to more of that based on some of his hands-on work that he's doing. Yeah, Patrick, give us a little insight into the recruiting efforts that you have going on with the Global Amgen Black Employee Network and the company uh, at large. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to, because uh, recruiting is what leaders do. And we focus in on identifying top uh, uh, talent that we could bring into the organization. Uh, so uh, areas that we're focused on by doing so is partnering uh, with uh, different organizations. For example, um, historical black colleges uh, is one uh, group that we uh, partner with across different functions at Amgen uh, to let them know that Amgen could be a great place where the, their talent within those institutions could think about from a, a career standpoint. We also wanna make sure that, that we are driving our business performance on the commercial side. Uh, so we do quite a bit of work with different organizations. Uh, Black, uh, a National Black MBA, for example, is one where we uh, want to continue to grow partnerships to, uh, again, uh, identify key talent who may be able to help us in our mission of serving patients. Uh, so what we realize is, though, is that it's not easy, especially as we think about attracting top Black and African-American talent to this organization. Clearly, there's a uh, lot of good work to be done, and the gratification you could get by the work that we do and our mission to serve patients is very broad. However, we want to make sure when people come here, they have a good understanding of why Amgen is a great place uh, for them to work. And we're continuing to build out uh, those uh, ability and really get them networked uh, once they're here by setting up them with uh, mentors. And uh, one area that we are very much focused on as well is ensuring that each talented person has a specific and focused uh, career development uh, plan in place. Because 
putting those together, we realize it helps to enable uh, a, a different approach to selecting talent. What we want to do is make sure we're building relationships with these uh, key talent uh, across the industry so that they, they know what jobs are available. But we also want to make sure it's right for them as well as they think about career options at, at Amgen. So that does take investment. I know Mike uh, works tirelessly uh, to reach out to many um, uh, top talent as well to talk about Amgen and to just to partner with them in hopes that there's an opportunity for us to uh, bring them along. Uh, but ultimately, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make a difference for, for Black and African-American employees and those in our community who join Amgen because we have a way to go. Uh, I won't go through a percentage here, but clearly as we think about national representation of Black and African-Americans, about 13% in the US, uh, we're below that at our company. And we wanna make strides to continue to move closer uh, towards uh, full representation with Black and African-Americans. Thank you for that, Patrick. And I really appreciate the perspective that you partner uh, or you match up interns and new employees with a mentor when they come aboard, because that's important. It's a continuum. It's not just identifying them, but it's nurturing them and developing them and retaining them. And I think that's a unique way to do it. Jennifer, you support uh, the ERGs at Amgen. So why don't you take a couple of minutes and share with us how do you create return on investment or ROI with the employee resource groups for the business, for the company, and for the organizations themselves? Absolutely. The, the, I would say for the past year, we've seen the impact of ERGs, particularly at Amgen, really aligning with our business objectives. I mean, we've seen their evolution, and I would say more broadly, uh, as you mentioned, the historical context, um, the evolution of, of going from social networks to now becoming more uh, strategic and, and critical thought partners. Uh, they're definitely in a strong position to create ROI. And Mike and, and Patrick uh, mentioned two very key areas um, we, as we think about recruitment and retention under our talent acquisition and talent management. But as we think about our consumers, and in this case, our patients at Amgen, the diversity of them, how are we meeting them when our mission is to serve our patients? If we don't have a broad understanding of the challenges, uh, particularly just the inequities across um, the, the health disparities. And so what we've been able to, to garner from, from our ERGs are, is that thought partnership and, and, and leadership uh, resulting in very effective programming that is now being adopted more broadly across the enterprise and has become a, a business critical uh, objective. Uh, so I, I would say our ERGs at Amgen are, are very mature, recognizing that there's various phases of maturity for, for ERGs. Uh, once recognizes affinity groups where it would be shared interest and or shared identities coming together uh, to build community. And it's, and it's certainly continuing to be grounded in community. And what is established is now this strong internal ecosystem not only around communities and, and, and uh, historically underrepresented communities, but really around allyship. And our ERG community has done a phenomenal job coming together, particularly over the past 15 months of the impact that, that a lot of these communities have, have faced. And so 
we, we certainly continue to include them around key areas. I would say more broadly, when we think about ROI, I always think about the triple bottom line, which is people, profit, and planet. Uh, and it's not necessarily in that sequential order, but we think about what is the impact in the bottom line. And, and to Mike's point around uh, the RISE program that's allowing us to connect with diverse uh, populations for, for health equity, it is certainly shaping the way that we develop the products, but also how we connect with these populations to um, meet their health needs. Uh, I would say within the HR functions, our ERGs are starting to become much more strategic in nature in, in terms of being diversity ambassadors, but also helping us shape policies and practices, not just with our diversity hiring, but how we're developing our diverse talent. And so, uh, Nate, I'm sure we'll, we'll speak a little bit more to this, but what she had mentioned earlier around the programming, uh, certainly a model around supporting women across the organization globally for professional development opportunities. And we often see them as incubators for these programs. So we're able to test them to see their effectiveness and uh, refine them accordingly to see the investments. This all leads to the employee experience and employee engagement, which when we think about ROI, it could result in lower employee turnover rate. Um, it can result in increased employee satisfaction, which we know the outputs of, of both of that. Uh, and so I, I would go back to, um, you know, the, just the overall impact of, of the collective impact of this group. Um, lastly, I would say the, the social, as we think about the ESG, um, which is environment, social and governance, huge reporting mechanisms for companies uh, across the globe. The ERGs really lend themselves to the S, which is the social. A lot of their community engagement and outreach can be measured um, and often is, and, and that's an opportunity where we're creating ROI across the organization, not just on the partnerships we're developing, but uh, the, the work that we're doing around health equities, but then it, it also can be tied to how we're developing talent um, around that engagement. Those are some, some key areas um, as we think about uh, the broader ROI for ERGs. All right, thank you, Jennifer. That sounds like, aside from Amgen, there's a business case in, in multiple multinational corporations for employee resource groups. So I appreciate that perspective. I want to go back to Neda and ask, can you share with our listeners how participation in ERGs has personally made you feel both positive and, if relevant, negative? Yeah, so Willis, it's great to say that it's mostly been positive. Um, I can't begin to tell you just even from my own experience participating uh, in an ERG and, and very specifically we too at the time as well as Aben, um, how many new people I met in the organization throughout, you know, various parts of the organization globally in uh, different functions that I don't necessarily believe I, I would have met if I had not been a part of an ERG. Um, many of those colleagues uh, developed into trusted confidants, folks that I could pick up the phone and speak to and ask questions uh, uh, about the business, about my career development, about career aspirations, um, also around um, what I can do to pay it forward uh, and in uh, new and upcoming talent that I could potentially uh, speak to or, or mentor, um, but also in this 
ERG role and, and the responsibility that I have overseeing We Too. Willis, I can't tell you how motivating it is to speak to women all around the world uh, who benefit and are inspired from a lot of our stories, the stories that they hear by participating and being a part of an, of an ERG. Um, sometimes when you listen to a leader in the organization and you kind of understand their career journey, their experiences, maybe the very different path that they took, how motivating that is to others in the organization to potentially do the same, to broaden their scope around where it is that they might want to take their career from listening to that story. And so, um, uh, you know, from my experience, it's it's mostly been uh, been positive and, and it uh, motivates me to continue to be supportive in, in everything that I'm doing uh, in, in this role. It sounds like diversity, inclusion, and belonging is real, and feeling like you belong makes a world of difference, and I've seen you interact with numerous women from around the globe, and I appreciate the work that I've seen you do because it's motivating to me, too, because you always make yourself available. Um, I want to shift just for a minute from to a business uh, case. Um, some of you are aware, Mike, I know you are, that the ABIN... ATO and field chapters um, work closely with one of our oncology teams to do market research to feed uh, the development of a, a website uh, that was specifically focused on African-Americans and both a branded and an unbranded site. Mike, if you could, and anyone else who can speak to this, looking outward to engagement with other stakeholders, such as our families, our customers, our patients, ERG members, how has your organizational commitment to ERGs translated to benefits for our external customers, our external stakeholders, Mike? Yeah, so I would say, Willis, that to this point, uh, in a couple of different areas here, we have actually had some impact with our external stakeholders. Uh, we mentioned earlier uh, the uh, RISE work that was done in clinical trials, and, that was, and that's kind of multifaceted because we're doing some uh, partnering and some plans for some early stage development drugs. Okay, but uh, we've actually shared some of our best practices and some of our approaches with pharma, and that's actually been recognized and shared with other companies. So from an external point of view, that's one example in a clinical trial space. I would also say, uh, well, uh, some of the efforts that, again, you were involved in with the uh, multiple, multiple myeloma uh, work that we did as far as with the uh, uh, microsites, which, by the way, was an award-winning uh, uh, microsite that uh, you, Willis, went to uh, New York to represent us uh, yep. to get that to get that award. So I thought that's pretty exciting. Okay, it was but, exciting. Uh, yeah, I got free was, chicken dinner. Hey, you know what? Uh, free trips and free food. You can't go wrong with that, man. Okay, and chicken's never a bad choice. So well played, sir. Uh, but what I, what I will tell you though is that um, that's another example as far as uh, impacting uh, our external customers here, uh, as far as patients in, uh, in the community, church-based patients, okay, as, as well as well as uh, 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 being a resource for, for our, our providers here, as well as just getting the word out in general as far as uh, multiple myeloma. So that's another example. But I would say, too, that uh, uh, from the ERG perspective, I, I would like to think that a lot of the work that we've done as far as the community we provided, the support we provided, has had a positive impact on, on, on our uh, colleagues here, as, as Nada kind of mentioned, that I think that uh, transcends the workplace. And you know, when you get that kind of support, uh, you know, from, uh, from from various uh, people that you meet within these ERGs here, that, that tends to kind of flow out to your families and to your, into your community. 
uh, knowing that knowing that uh, that support exists and the model kind of is, exists for that. So I, I would say in response to your question, Wills, it's probably multifaceted. Uh, but, I, but I do think that being said, I think that the opportunity uh, is the biggest opportunity, opportunity is still in front of us. Okay, as far as the impact that we can make, I, th I think that we're just really starting to get a feel for what we can do as far as the business goes. I think that ultimately uh, the goal is for is for uh, diversity and inclusion, and I think in, through ERGs uh, is a great vehicle for it to happen. You know, should be a part of how we just do normal business there. To one day, we'll do, there, won't, there won't be a need ultimately for ERGs because it's basically uh, people will be allowed to be their authentic selves there and do more of a natural process. But I think ERGs is a great vehicle. Uh, to move towards that direction. I love the fact that some of the work um, Amgen's ERGs has done has impacted patients that you serve. I think that's vital. Patrick, you're a marketer. How do you think ERGs are viewed more widely in the organization? Is, it, is this seen as an essential mainstream activity? Do you think people who are involved with ERGs understand what they're all about and the value that they bring? Well, let me just be clear on one thing. And one thing we continue to reinforce uh, throughout the organization because there's um, a tremendous amount of data that supports this. And that's this, diversity is good for business. And why that is important as I think about the commercial organization is that I challenge and envision our ERGs and specifically I can speak for Aben to be a catalyst for commercial uh, performance. And I think strategically, as uh, Amgen's looking at this opportunity, as Mike mentioned about RISE, for example, um, excellence in clinical trials and enrolling diversity, diverse patients is, is critical because not only the enrollment of diverse patients is critical to uh, you know, helping us to live our mission of serving patients, but it also allows us as marketers to talk about those patients when we go into healthcare providers' offices or we have uh, different channels of communicating to our customers to help them to understand what to expect in a certain population when an Amgen product is being used. Now, if we could do that and be able to talk about subpopulation data uh, within our marketing uh, materials and tools, not only this would be uh, very important for um, the patients we identify, but I think it's also a very critical capability under Mike's leadership that Amgen is building out and is really taking serious. So for example, Mike mentioned uh, your leadership and what you started with the multiple myeloma team. I'm glad to say that continues on today. So uh, we are continuing to learn and refine because culture is not easy. And what we bring to the table is helping Amgen and some of the marketers understand the culture of the communities we serve and how best to um, tailor uh, their marketing resources and tools uh, towards these opportunities. We're also working uh, with the Psoriasis team with Otesla. Uh, we hope to embark on a community engagement opportunity uh, with the Lumacras team around non-small cell lung cancer and also bone health. So as we think about the different opportunities our goal is help patients to gain more access to healthcare, help patients to get the education uh, and the, the tools and resources that are needed so they can know all that's available to them as they're fighting against their disease. So awesome. that's an important role that uh, we get to all play at Hamden, but a specific role our ERGs get to play as we tailor and focus and overcome sometimes some of those cultural barriers 
that may limit our ability to make impact and to help patients live longer. I love that. Thank you, Patrick. Customizing, tailoring makes the difference in all that we do and the patients that we serve. Listen, this has been amazing. I love the spirit of all that you have shared with us. And I'm going to ask each of you, starting with Mike, to give us just one jewel that you would leave our listeners with, something that you see as invaluable to continuing to stress the value of ERGs in the workplace and in organizations at large? I would just say this there. It's not, it's not rocket science. I would say basically, you know, don't just sign up to be a member. I would say be involved because one person can make a huge difference. And, you know, I, I and, you know, keeping, keep, kind of keeping it right there. I've seen one person's effort, okay, just multiplied uh, numerous times here, have a huge domino effect and impact in the organization. So, don't think that uh, that uh, your voice can't matter. It can. And if you had that passion burning aside to make a difference there, I think ERGs are great platforms to make that difference. Neda? You know, I truly believe that ERGs are a, um, a resource and, and give a competitive advantage to companies that have ERGs and, and support them. Uh, because they attract and retain talent. You know, I think many of us realize that there is absolutely a war on talent. And one of the critical uh, uh, areas of value uh, with up and coming talent uh, or the, the, the younger generation, I, I would say, or any generation is their interest and their um, desire to learn what companies actually do to invest in ERGs. Um, they want to be a part of these networks. They want to be a part of uh, something a little bit broader beyond the organization or the day-to-day -day responsibilities. And so I think that, you know, it's definitely a competitive advantage when they are well-supported and well-rooted and appropriately uh, utilized in a, in a company. Thank you so much, Nada. I'm going to go to Patrick and then Jennifer, when you give us your jewel, please add, if you can, any resources that our listeners can go to uh, in terms of best practices around employee resource groups. Thanks, Willis. I'll allow uh, Jennifer to uh, share the resources and she could talk more broadly across all the ERGs. When we are judgmental, we narrow down our world and our worldview. And what I mean by that is oftentimes we judge people by this, what we see. And we believe uh, based on those judgments that people are a certain way and act and perform or behave in a certain way. And that's completely false. And when you engage up on an ERG, especially if you think about ABIN, uh, the, there's tremendous diversity in the black and African-American population political choice in every uh, in all areas. Um, so it opens up my eyes to see the difference and to appreciate those differences. And that's also the same if I would join uh, another ARG such as Pride, uh, uh, AAA focus on Asian uh, issues. I need to put my judgments at the door so I could be mindful and listen and learn. So I think that's the opportunity. That's not be judgmental so we could open up our world view and uh, learn more uh, from one another. Thank you, Patrick. Jennifer, you have the last word and 
I will thank you all in advance for such a great sharing. Jennifer, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. I, I would just um, leave with the thought of, of ERGs being change agents within your organization. Um, how you leverage them, it can be really transformative and understanding that companies are different parts of their journey. What Amgen um, has experienced, again, in the past 15 months of the ERG community has been nothing short of amazing. And so it really speaks to the volume of when you elevate and resource the ERGs and really prioritize them as part of a business, as part of your business objectives, they really can transform the, the diversity and inclusion efforts. Um, so there's there's just a, a, a great deal of, of effort that's happening on the ground and how you elevate that is really critical to your diversity inclusion efforts. So really hone, on, uh, hone in on these as resources. I would say for additional resources, for those that are getting started in the journey, there's obviously an increase uh, um, of an appetite for diversity inclusion, starting with the ERGs. Uh, but for, for those that are either in the early stages or, or are trying to group their, their ERGs, there's a number of resources. I would start with the Society for Human Resources Management really goes into not only the research, but has uh, some case studies around best practices uh, over the years that, that have transpired. Um, I would also leverage your HR, um, start having that, that dialogue, um, connect with others, you know, that you have that shared identity or interest. Um, for me, the listening really starts at that grassroots because that's where you get the understanding of what the challenges are and how you start building momentum around that and, and um, having that important discourse within that group, but also elevating it to, to management and, 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 and getting the support from, from human resources, as well as if you have any DIMD leads or diversity and inclusion leads. Thank you again, Jennifer. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Nada. Thank you, Mike. And we are so grateful to Movement in Life for hosting us and look forward to a great, great uh, engagement at another time. You all have a great rest of the day. And many thanks to our listeners for tuning in to Movement is Life, Healthcare Disparities Podcast. <laughs>